I'm your chair talk host Nemec. And this is Retrospective from the last week episode with Milos Zikic from Spice Factory. Team is very, very important and I think it's like a lot of the times it's very, it's kind of neglected. Like you have to work with, like with the team, you have to educate and uh, this is like we spend a lot of time uh, uh, like in, internally in the company. To really create an innovation you have to understand what are you solving who is who will be using it so like a significant time really is like spent uh, with the users mapping out their journeys mapping out their thoughts mapping out their daily activities and more people uh, needs to understand like how innovation happens that's like the first thing starts with uh, education and then like the tools like okay so how do i mean again falls back to this like contextual uh, tracking system that we will let and like let people try to use it and that's what uh, we want to bring into every solution in a way, like that that level of understanding this is chair place where we discuss innovations and when we're talking about online marketplaces usually there are amazon aliexpress uh, ebay walmart and let's say uh, in the U.S. alone, uh, Amazon and eBay are accounted for more than 49% of uh, U.S. online retail, which is sound pretty crazy when you think how many are there uh, retailers, retailers in the U.S. alone. Uh, but other spectrum of this story is about uh, online marketplaces that are specific for some niche uh, that are small uh, and that are functioning in some specific niche. And that's our subject for today. Uh, my guest here is uh, Vukan Simic, founder and CEO of uh, Fishing Booker. Uh, Vukan is passionate about the startups, online marketing, um, software development and fishing and diving. So Vukan, welcome to chair. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we take the big deep dive in the world of online marketplaces, let me ask you a question about Fishing Booker itself and how it started and became what is it today. Yeah, so um, how, how did Fishing Booker start? It started about eight years ago. I was just uh, a, a graduate in software engineering. I, was, uh, I got my degree and uh, I was trying to figure out what to do with my life. Um, I, was, I was based in Belgrade. I finished university here in Belgrade, Serbia. And I was... Uh, I had several options. I could I could apply for an internship, uh, build up my career as a software engineer, or I could try to do something on my own. So obviously there was uh, uh, I, I I applied for a few internships, and I wasn't really satisfied with the the speed you could um, you could advance your career if you're somebody who's very very ambitious. So I I gave myself a window of about six months to try and build a business uh, for myself. So basically I wouldn't have to uh, search for a job. And so Fishing Booker, as, so as, as an angler, I'm a passionate angler and a diver, uh, having a business that has to do with fishing was always something that was on my radar ever, ever since I was a kid. So uh, Fishing Booker was basically one of the business ideas that I, gave myself the goal of testing uh, in the hopes of turning it into a business one day. And yes, after eight years, it turned out to be a successful initiative and it turned out to be uh, my career. 
So we talk here about innovations. It's most of our uh, of our shows are uh, about innovations. And to be in this position as you are today, after eight years, uh, you had to innovate, and you had to innovate big, right? Uh, you are uh, uh, supported of Lean Startup philosophy. You told me that in our preparation for this for this chair talks episode, and um, I want you to tell me from that perspective. Uh, on what innovations you are proud of, uh, and let's go with two aspects. Let's go with some that is connected with technology or platform, and other on the business side. Yeah. So, the, uh, I can say that the innovation that I'm most proud of is that we managed to build a company that uh, offers chartered fishing trips from Belgrade, which doesn't have a coastline. Uh, and that we managed to build up a team that's the leader in the market. And most of the team prior to this job, uh, prior to building Fishing Booker, had never done saltwater fishing in their life. So we managed, uh, that's, that's the innovation on the business side, having no uh, specific domain knowledge and being able to acquire it over time and become the industry leader and meet all the industry experts and actually position yourself and your company as, as uh, uh, at the forefront of, of the sport fishing industry in this case. Um, on the technical side, uh, we had to make large numbers of, of small innovations in order to build a product that in complexity is comparable to all the online travel agencies that help you to book hotels and flights online. And we had to do it with a team of uh, not more than five engineers uh, for, for a couple of years. So we managed to build a, a full-scale travel platform, online travel platform, um, with just a handful of engineers, which is, it required a lot of innovation and a lot of uh, trade-offs that uh, enabled us to do so without hundreds and, and thousands of people on staff. Yeah, and uh, as you're saying, you you did uh, so many innovations, and with a lean startup, lean uh, lean approach, uh, it there are wins, but usually it's a try and fail situation, right? So can you share with me some innovation that, okay, failed that that you did, but they uh, had low or no success at all? Yeah, I have a good example. So. Uh... You might be familiar with uh, the referral program that Airbnb has, which was it was promoted as one of their main growth channels uh, that allowed them to scale the company. So you let's say you have a uh, you have your Airbnb account and you uh, refer your friend and you get a referral bonus if they book through through Airbnb. So we said, hey, let's let's try and see if that works with phishing. And we, we did a, a bunch of tests that uh, initially told us this was going to be a successful, um, successful program. Um, but I would say about 10 lean experiments down the road and months and months of development, uh, we managed to prove that people will only use a referral program like that, like Airbnb has in phishing, in order to um, get a discount by getting their friends and family to book trips. So we managed to prove that it, it yeah, we managed to innovate and innovate ourselves out of that kind of uh, feature. That's a, that's a great example of failing uh, really spectacularly. We just <laughs> failed to produce any kind of traction other than um, 
uh, I don't know, a, a son booking for his father or a wife booking for uh, his, her husband and, and so on and so forth. And we just had to give up on it, which is part of the game in, in uh, iterating and innovation and uh, discovering what your product is, is supposed to look like in the end. Uh, can you share with me how you guys innovate? You you told me th- about those innovations, but I would like to know uh, how you approach innovations. Do you use some frameworks? Uh, what what is your decision making process during the innovation and so on? Yeah, so we we try to innovate on several tracks um, simultaneously. First, there's the quick, cheap uh, experiments that you run that don't really need a lot of planning. The the whole point in them is to have a platform and infrastructure and company culture to be able to iterate really, really quickly. And this is what uh, basically A-B testing and uh, other types of split testing encompasses. So you do a large amount of very small iterative experiments in hopes of, uh, over time, building up the, the compounding optimizations that would allow you to grow. This is one track, and we, we, we've been doing that ever since we founded the company. Uh, and another track is strategic innovation. And that's, I, I, I would say, that not one is more important than the other. Both are equally important. But the strategic ones, uh, the strategic innovations tend to produce large outsized results if you get it completely right. And for long-term strategic innovation, we will typically use a few frameworks for planning and for uh, product work. For planning we use and, and goal setting, we use OKRs. And for uh, planning product work and, and product development, uh, we, we took a lot of the principles that the company Basecamp, previously 37 Signals, um, around shaping up products and, and six-week development cycles have used in order to, uh, one, eliminate waste, two, cut off projects that... Um, are proving to be much more difficult to build than originally anticipated. And three, to make sure that you only build stuff that you have shaped up and de-risked uh, sufficiently. So that's that's a framework, uh, a mix of frameworks that we use in order to innovate both uh, iteratively and quickly while allowing for for more ambitious undertakings to to take place as well. And this is mostly in the in the areas of, of product work. So soft, de- developing our software platform as yeah, an online marketplace. You mentioned it OKRs and I talked with many, many people here uh, about that. Uh, how long you have that implemented and uh, what were the challenges implementing the OKRs? Oh, there, there, were, uh, <laughs> there were so many challenges. Uh, we, we've been using OKRs for over six years now, I think. And well, the, the main challenges initially were just basically having a small startup and trying to set goals, which is not, it's not <laughs> doable in practice. But um, over time, as the company grew, as, as uh, we, we started to get signs that you, of, of metrics that you can measure and optimize on, that's when OKR started making sense. And they started really making sense when we were able to assemble entire teams to focus on just one or two objectives and make their entire focus on, uh, on one or two objectives. That's when they started really making sense. So uh, a, a mistake people make, and, and we made for sure, is uh, we, we tried to implement 
uh, a large number of objectives to focus on and flesh them out into several key results. While in reality, we were just dealing with a, I don't know, a 10 person, 15 person company. So we had more objectives than we had <laughs> people. people. <laughs> and that's, that's not something you can pull off in, in practice. So those were the biggest challenges. As, as the teams, OKRs scale really, really well. If you have a team that's empowered to pursue them and that can focus on purely one or two objectives and not just be watered down by uh, your focus all over the place. So as we learned to focus and to build teams around objectives, our efforts around OKRs became, they, they started making more and more sense. Um, and this is a journey, so there, there's no final destination. So we're, we're still, we still make mistakes where we try to, we, we try to be more ambitious than it's, it's possible, then we kind of just lose focus. But when, when we start with one or two really, really well-defined uh, objectives and we start with a team that's fully autonomous to pursue them and optimize their efforts around them, that's, that's when good stuff tends to happen. Since I know now how you innovate, uh, can you tell me what is going to become in the future with Vision Book Europe? What are you guys uh, uh, working at right now? Yeah, so um, we, we don't really have a very uh, exciting story about innovation in the future. We're, our, our main goal is to still be in business five or ten years from now and to still be highly motivated about being the leader in booking fishing trips. So we're not looking to make billions. We're not looking to scale into um, 10 different product verticals. We're trying to be exceptionally good at booking fishing trips for people. That's it. And trying to stay relevant in an area that's evolving uh, quickly. Yeah. It's usually happened with the, uh, with the uh, marketplaces as yours when com company established uh, establish itself in a marketplace like this, they start to go wider and uh, get uh, other verticals. You you are now in a fishing. It's going. It can be like logical, intuitive to go into diving and things like that. But you're not having plans like that at the moment. Yeah. So we had similar plans several times in the past, but um, we can still see large enough growth just from fishing, that it doesn't make sense at this point to enter other verticals because it, we would just lose focus. So while we can get sufficient growth just from focusing on the fishing vertical and being exceptionally good at booking fishing trips and not, let's say, diving expeditions, uh, we'll try to stay focused on it. Because if, if you do one thing really well, uh, normally that, that has proven, for us at least, to provide... Um, much better returns in terms of impact uh, effort. Uh, you mentioned it earlier as a, a fishing booker, what is today? And uh, it's a, a world leading website for uh, booking fishing trips. Uh, during your almost eight years now, right, uh, long history, uh, there was uh, more than a few competitors. Uh, what happened to them? Well, there's there's, there's obviously there, there's companies right now that are, are trying to, to grow in this in the same space that we are, but um, I'd say the the main true competitors that tried to raise funding and, and compete with us directly in in the space 
uh, over time, most of them went out of business. And the, I'd say the main reason for that is, uh, first of all, raising too much money uh, in an industry that might not be able to support huge growth and huge scaling. It is a niche after all. So they had investor expectations that were pretty big and building up a marketplace. Marketplaces tend to grow really slowly over the first three, four years. So it's kind of a perseverance game where you need to persevere uh, despite slow growth and you need to survive for long enough for the marketplace to start working. Once it starts working, it's really hard to, to shut it down. Uh, but the, the effect of slow growth is even more pronounced if you're a niche marketplace. So we had these uh, other, other services that were trying to do the same thing that we are. They raised funding. They had expectations to, to satisfy. And they weren't able to survive for long enough with a high um, cost footprint to be able to stay in business for the marketplace to, um, to monetize properly and to, to, to become sustainable. On the other hand, what we did, we didn't raise any money. Uh, we were prepared to work for free for the first couple of years and we didn't have any investor expectations or any pressure to grow. So we just took our own pace and grew at the pace we were comfortable at. And that allowed the marketplace to exist uh, for a long enough period of time for things to just start working. And that's when the natural uh, network effects and competitive advantages and unfair advantages of a marketplace, of an online marketplace, start really materializing. And then it becomes really, really hard to copy. So, for example, uh, you cannot copy 300 or 500,000 reviews off a marketplace if you don't want to be sued, right? Or you can't copy the supply of a marketplace, the, 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 the people selling their services. And all of these things and the, your relationships with them. Uh, all of these things take time to, to build up. But once you do, it's, it's very hard to undo them. And it's very hard for a new entrant to, um, to go into the space and justify their, their, the, the additional effort required to maintain a presence on several online marketplaces. So they have to be able to drive the, the consumer demand as well. And so that favorizes incumbents um, over time. Uh, and uh, you mentioned that for a couple of years you you were ready to work for free. Uh, I'm sure there was challenging times. Uh, can you give me some example of, of especially from that from the beginning? Yeah, so being prepared to work for free. So Fishing Booker went out of, out of business a few times, which is which is interesting. <laughs> Uh, we're, still we here, still yeah, we're, we're still here, though. We're still here. We're still here. We did we, we we did go out of business a few times. We uh, initially it was just a bootstrapped business. A few of us um, trying to to build it up into something that uh, that would become sustainable. Um, over time, as we were hiring people, uh, of course, our, our fixed costs were rising, and then uh, the the natural point uh, came where it, we had to make a decision where whether we were going to scale more slowly or uh, raise investment. And that, that was a dilemma that took a few years to, to resolve. And 
over those few years, we did not raise investment because we just it was not our main focus. Our main focus was on the product. And so whenever we tried to raise investment, we did a really bad job at it. <laughs> and so we used to get really bad terms for investment. And, and basically, you have been lucky with that. Yeah, it was. It was looking from this perspective right now. From this perspective, we were lucky because we managed to stay completely independent, and uh, we now set we we set our own fate basically, dep- depending on what the market uh, dictates. Um, but we are free to decide how fast and in which direction we want to um, to develop. But yes, f- uh, we did have to go through a few cycles of completely running out of money and having to work for free and uh, losing a large chunk of our team uh, and just doing everything that's possible to stay in business. Uh, And that happened a few times. And it basically, it made sure that only the people who really believe in the mission of the company stayed. It was not motivated by pure profit. It was not motivated by... uh, Uh, empty ambition it was motivated by aligning with what the company stands for uh, i want to now go to some personal aspects and questions i'm myself i'm passionate angler as you are so i want to ask you uh, before we move to the final point of our today episode uh, what is the biggest fish uh, that you caught over this year um, so that's an interesting question I don't know the exact weight because I didn't pull the fish out of the water. I wanted to release it. It was a bull shark in the uh, in northern Florida. Um, I think it it weighed around around two hundred kilos. Um, that I believe that was the biggest fish that I, I successfully caught. Uh, there there was a tuna in Croatia this summer. That was about 140-150 wow. kilos. And yeah, there were there were several fish upwards of the 100 kilo mark. So we always like to finish here with the future. You told me your idea regarding future of the fishing booker itself. But uh, let's go a bit wider. Can you share with me your opinion, your vision? What is going to be future of online marketplaces in general? What we can expect where they are going, what will change? Yeah, so what, and this is just my personal opinion, whether it's worth something or not. Uh, I've seen in the in the past couple of years a tremendous buildup of uh, niche, single-purpose marketplaces that allow you to uh, get access to a particular service or Uh, or type of product in in a very well optimized way. So let's say you want to I don't know you you want to get a uh, a ride here in Belgrade. Uh, you'll you'll use a cargo. Uh, you uh, you want to get uh, food delivery. You'll you'll use a service like Donessi or or some other ones that are available. And uh, on the global level, you're getting marketplaces like uh, Fishing Booker that allow you to book fishing trips. Uh, the the next one that pops up might be related to I don't know booking uh, boat rentals or diving um, and specific activities where the marketplace is very well optimized to provide that type of of, uh, of service. So I'm I'm I see a future where these types of marketplaces 
uh, increase in size, and they 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 basically digitize our access to various services and products around the world. Uh, Wukan, thank you so much for uh, for for guests here in, in in chair and for you out there. If you haven't subscribed already, do it now and see you next Thursday when we talk about some new innovations. Thank you.